0: The most wonderful real estate podcast ever. The show that gives you the lowdown on how to become a successful real estate entrepreneur. With more than 30 years of experience, America's top female. Real estate investor, Dwan, is an expert in financial freedom and turning dreams into realities. Now's your chance to become a Dwandanair with the help of Dwan. Here's to a flaming hot foreclosure market with the help of Dwan. Cheers.
1: Welcome to the most wonderful real estate podcast ever. I'm your host, Dwan Bent Bird, and we are here for another edition of Business by the Book. So I've explained, I did a 30-minute video explaining it. Last week was the first one, so I feel like I don't need to explain every week. I'm just going to go right in and start talking and so we can keep it at 15 minutes. So, we are learning how to uh, run a business and um, be ethical and moral and above ground and do it by the book, and that is the good book, the Babel. All right, so I'm going to read a verse today. This is one of my favorite things in the Bible. And I know that all of us hear it at funerals. So sometimes it just sounds like some creepy thing to read at a funeral, But I want to explain it the way that I see it. And this is Psalm 23. Now, Psalms is also in the Old Testament. Let's see what it says. Psalms, vital statistics, purpose, to provide poetry for the expression of praise, worship, and confession of God. They say that if you're having a super bad day, read some of the Psalms because they are very poetic and... They're songs, and they're beautiful, and they'll calm your uneasy spirit. Authors, David wrote, oh gosh, I can't even go into all that. David, Asaph, Korah, Solomon, Herman, Ethan, Moses. um, Date written sometime between the time of Moses and Babylonian captivity, which was 1440 B.C., uh to five eighty six BC. Setting. For the most part, the Psalms were not intended to be narrative historical events. However, they often parallel events in history, such as David's fight from Saul and his sin with Bathsheba. We'll talk about that another day. Uh, the key verse of Psalms, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. As Psalm 156, the key person David the key place was God's holy temple. So Psalm is um, it's to it's to provide peace. It's really just to provide peace. They're just really beautiful. They're songs of praise. Um, they're just really great. So I, I want to read Psalm 23, and I'm going to read the whole thing first, and we're going to go back and just talk about one specific verse of that. So Psalm 23 is the whole one. So it says. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. They comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil; my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I love this psalm. My sister I actually memorized this when she got sick. We. We used to say it a lot and read it a lot, and we decided that we would memorize the whole psalm together. But I don't say it enough to be able to quote it, so I still have to go and read it. So, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. Uh, Jesus is our shepherd. We're the shepherd. He, you know, guides us around, takes care of us, and tries to keep us going in the right direction. He makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. So that's talking about just, <sighs> if that laying down in the green pasture, being by the water, being at the beach, taking a nap, it's just restoring your soul. God restores your soul. He guides me a paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And as we said, Business by the Book is going to be a lot about working on uh, our business with biblical-based principles, and working on our moral compass. So that would be passive righteousness for my name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the shadow of the valley of death, I shall fear no evil, for there art with me. You're riding your staff they comfort me. And people always go like, ooh, I don't want to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Now, even Uh, That is, uh, it's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. I'm going to tell you why. And again, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. So whatever is coming against you, whatever enemy, whatever person, whatever Satan is doing to come against you, God is preparing a table for you to have goodness. It's anointing your head with oil. Your cup will overflow. Goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. So this is kind of a a little bit related to the seasons, you know. Things come and go, seasons here and there. No matter what's happening and what's coming against you and who's trying to attack you or hurt you or or who's in your life that you really don't need to be in there because they're making you miserable, God prepares a table for you in the presence of your enemies. Now, my verse is this one. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Now, I used to always think like, That is such a creepy thing. Why do they say that? Why do they at funerals? I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. It's like, used to make me scared when I was little. I started reading it one day, and I thought, you know what? The key word, and that is the word through. I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. And we are always dying of something. We're dying to self. We may have someone dying around us. But I think what it refers to is we are always going through something. So the way I interpret the valley of the shadow of death is when you're going through a dark time, the thing is you're still going through it. God doesn't say, oh, I'm going to put you into a difficult time and just stop you right there and and you're just going to drop over dead. Okay, you're going through the, the shadows. You're going through the valleys. You're going up the mountains. You're going down the mountains. You're doing a little bit of everything. But the thing is that you're going through it. And it says here at the bottom, um, it says, Death Cast... Death casts, so this is the, um, the bottom part of the Bible I was telling you about that like explains stuff out. So 23 verse 4 is the one about walking through the valley of shadow of death. It says, Death casts a frightening shadow over us because we are entirely helpless in his presence. We can struggle with other enemies, pain, suffering, disease, injury. But strength and courage cannot overcome death. It has the final word. Only one person can walk with us through death's dark valley and bring us safely to the other side. The God of life, our shepherd, because life is uncertain, we should follow the shepherd who offers us eternal comfort. So I always have thought, well, like I said, we're always, nothing is ever the same. Nothing is the same from yesterday, nothing is the same today, and nothing is the same tomorrow. Every day that we wake up, we are going through a new day. We're going through something. And maybe you're in a season of your life right now where everything's so great. You're just like, wow, everything's so great. I've had so many problems in the past. Ooh, well, those things you had in the past, you walk through that valley. You walk through that shadow. like, like when I got divorced. That is a type of a death. Divorcing my husband was a type of a, a death. I got divorced. I lost that piece of my life. Uh, now when my sister died, that was like straight up death, you know that. But like even when I stopped eating um, foods that cause inflammation, which were uh, candy and a lot of sweets and things like that, that was and I know it sounds like a less on death, but you know, <laughs> if you like a lot of sweet stuff, uh, it was hard to give it up. It's like people that try to give up coffee or drinking or drugs. Okay, when they're giving it up, it is a death of something that you are putting it aside and you're walking through it. I'm walking through those drugs. I'm walking through that pornography. I'm coming out on the other side. I'm going to be a better person. That is not going to hold me where I am right now. Because God says I can walk through that valley of that shadow and I do not need to fear evil because he is with me. So whether you're going through something amazing and you're like, ooh, this is the shadow of everything amazing. That's what this shadow of this valley is. Or whether you're going through something difficult you're like, oh my God, I am in the shadow of the valley of death. It's okay. We have many deaths in our lives. And not necessarily the death of people. I mean, obviously we have that too. But deaths to self. Like I told you, um, after I'd been going to church for a really long time, I made the decision to stop dating, to figure out who I was, enjoy my own personal self, fall in love with me, and be with Ayla just alone and having fun, and enjoying my single momness and my business and you know, my womanhood. And I decided to become celibate. So until I and I told God because I, I had gone to a singles retreat and I talked a lot about. That if you are in a place where you'd like to be a husband or a wife, are you prepared? Like, if God brought you a husband or a wife today, are you prepared to be a good spouse? So I started thinking about it, and I thought, well, no, not really. You know, not really not. I need a little bit of work on myself. So I threw out my birth control pills, woke up with the guy I was dating, and said, I'm going to be celibate. I'm going to follow the Bible. I'm going to learn about being a good wife and uh, possibly a stepmom, and how to treat my husband and what I expect and how him to treat me. And I am having a death of that, a death of the old way, the new celibate way. And when I met Bill, because it had been four years, and I had told God, I don't even want to go on a date. I just want you to bring the guy, and I want to know immediately who it is, and we're going to get married, and that's how it's going to be. But he's got to have all these things. He needs to be a Christian. He needs to already have kids. I don't want to have any more kids. He needs this and this and this and this and this. But more than all of that, he needs to be a good, solid Christian, not a religion. And he needs to have a really solid moral compass. Because I am dealt with too many people in my past. And so that was a death of something. That was me throwing away the old, throwing away the birth control pills, Getting rid of the boyfriends, not out partying, and not even going on a date. I didn't even go have lunch, nothing. And when I met Bill, it was really funny because I first laid eyes on him, I was like, wow, he's like tall, he's got blonde hair, he's got those green eyes, he's got his hair on a ponytail, and it's long and curly. He's wearing a suit, he's got on cowboy boots. It's like, oh my God. Like, I immediately felt myself just go like, the physical chemistry was crazy. But you know the really weird thing for both of us? He came over and approached me first, and we started talking. And I could feel my spirit jumping in the circles right on the spot. And yeah, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, it makes me, see, it makes me weepy. Because when you really give something up to God, he'll take care of you. And I remember my spirit, like, jumping. And I had butterflies everywhere, and I was like, that is the guy. Like, wow, he's. There was no doubt for me. So, we met on a Saturday and a Sunday. It was at a two-day workshop that we met. So we talked on the phone Monday. So I came back to call it Florida. He was in Colorado. We talked Monday. We talked Tuesday. We talked Wednesday. Just five minutes. Hey, how you doing? How's your day? What you doing? Just you know. And then on Thursday, four days. We talked on the phone for five hours, and Bill says, listen, I just want you to know I'm going to marry you. And I was like, look at me. <laughs> ah, and I was like, I know. He goes, the minute I got saw you, the minute I got close to you, he goes, God said she's the one. And I was like, I know. I felt it too. So literally, in just minutes of meeting each other, like we really knew. Oh, sorry, guys. I didn't expect to cry through these. But that's just part of it, is when you give something over to God and you really let God do it. You don't help God. Like, I didn't stay on birth control pills just in case. I made the decision and the commitment to wait till I got married. And if I knew I was going to get married, I'd have time to, you know, get back on birth control. And so I committed it to God 100%. I had total faith, I put it out of my mind, I didn't think about dating, I didn't think about sex, I didn't think about men, I just got rid of it, and I said, when it's time, you'll bring it. And when it came, it was instant. So, I don't know what my problem is today. (laughs) Uh, I guess because that's just one of the things that, that I can so specifically say, I literally wrapped this up in a box and gave it to God and said, I'm not going to think about it again until you tell me. And then when it happened, I was like, oh, wow. And so now look at us. It's been 20 years. This month of October, it's been 20 years since we met. Our next anniversary will be our 19th wedding anniversary. And we get along great. We have the best relationship. People are like, how do you guys live together and work together and travel together? It's like... We love to be together. In fact, I'm down here. I'm missing him. I mean, that's why I'm crying today. I'm missing that man so much. But, should, but this little time apart's been, like, fun because now we're sort of, like, dating on the phone again. Like, we used to, you know, we talked three, four hours a day um, because, you know, we dated 15 months. And so now that I've been down here having my surgery and doing stuff and he's been in Colorado working on the house, we're sort of, like, dating. Like, we used to on the phone and watching stuff together and listening to music together. It's like, oh, I love him. So all the fun things that, that he did when we were dating, we're doing those again. So it's really fun. It's actually been really fun. So sorry. I guess some of the times when I'm talking about things, I probably will get a little bit, a little bit uh, cracked out there. But it, because when I share a story of something that specifically happened to me, um, it's moving for me because I, I. This is what I always tell Bill. Because Bill's that guy that wants to, he wants to help God. I'm like, listen. When you give something over to God and say, okay, God, I want you to take care of this for me, stop trying to help him. Let God be God. So I'm going to tell you right now, if you're like, Lord, I'm giving up this addiction to you, stop trying to help God. Give it over. Put it in a little box and give it to God and say, okay, I am giving this to you. Lord, I'm tired of being broke. I'm going to give you my finances. Well, we're going to talk about that. If you're going to give him your finances, you best start thinking about tithing and doing things for other people. God bless you if you don't start doing other things like that. So when you want to give it to God, as with my example of Bill, that meant no dating, no sex, no birth control, no looking at every guy that walked by thinking to see the one. That meant giving it up and waiting. And we'll be honest, <laughs> it was Easter weekend. It's really weird how over I look back at my life, how many major life changes I have always made at Easter. But Easter is about death and resurrection. I remember thinking, okay, it's Easter weekend. It's death and resurrection. Throwing it all away. That's it. Broke up with my boyfriend. I'm done. And I remember the first year coming around, it was time to go to church. I was like, Lord, it has been one year. And I'm in my 30s. I haven't had no sex. It's like, just keep that in mind. <laughs> and then I remember kind of laughing, thinking, God's thinking, like, mm hmm, you said you were going to give it to me, so stop it. Then the second year came around, and I remember thinking, like, two years, Lord, two years. Like, come on now. In my late 30s, sex drives crazy. What's going on? And I just remember God saying, like, putting it on my heart, like, when you stop counting, I'll start working for you. And I remember thinking like, okay, I'll stop counting. I never gave it another thought, and then I met Bill. So when we are going through the shadows of the valley of death, death can mean many, many, many things. It can be the, the ending of a bad marriage that you're in. It could be the ending of bad finances. You have handled your money poorly. It could be ending some bad relationships that really have you strung out because they're bad for you. It could be giving up some sort of an addiction. It can be a lot of things. I mean, maybe you're fighting with your kids. You haven't talked to your kids for a while, and you're just like, I don't know what to do. And you've prayed, and you've given it to God. Once you give it over, forget it. What's that, what's that input morsel? Set it and forget it? <laughs> I don't even know what that's for. I've just heard that lately. I don't know what it is. Set it and forget it. So, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in the green pastures. He leads me beside the quiet water. He restores my soul. overflows surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I would dwell in the house of the Lord forever all right guys next week same bat time same bat channel the truth is in the red letters
0: Thank you for dropping by to the most wonderful real estate podcast ever. Making real estate investment wonderful each and every time. For more information on how to make your Your real estate estate dreams a a reality, reality. keep an eye on dwonderful.com and be sure to become a member.